You know, my my job and the things that that God has put my hand to visiting the incarcerated women in our community and my life, the joy of it is I am aware of Christ in me is not repelled by that brokenness. It is it's the reason that we're alive as the church. It it is to allow him to change us into his image so that we reflect him to the world that are, is still broken. When I think about my own testimony and, and the evening that he rescued me from me, he was drawn to, to my sin. It was why he came. And in that, he engaged my life for a newness. And so the beauty of a, of a broken life is they're the ones that Christ is calling home. All right, welcome everyone to our podcast, Renew Your Mind. Um, with us today, we have Senior Pastor Paul Gruenberg, and we have our Youth and Family Director, Jeremy Teru, and we have a guest speaker, Jennifer Van Rickingham of the um, New Life Pregnancy Resource Center. And um, we're going to pick up um, where we left off from uh, podcast number 80 we had um, we started to discuss challenging conversations, a book written by Jason Jimenez, and he gave us a lot of great tools on how to have challenging conversations about oh, I guess I'll call it hot topics. And what we talked about the last um, uh, four podcasts were uh, how to have a conversation about abortion, and we learned some tactics on ha- how to have that conversation. And then we um, Jennifer shared some. Um, experiences, you know, real life experiences. And um, when we left on that last podcast of number 80, Jennifer's started to um, talk about a vision that her team has had. Um, And I'm going to speak a little bit for her and then I'm going to, I'm going to ask her to expand upon that. Um, But Jennifer explained that kind of their, when they have someone that approaches them, they they only have an opportunity from conception to about two years of age. And then after that, um, that person isn't in their lives anymore. And then uh, their team started to come up with a vision of how to, how to, um, how to want to say, how to uh, fix that. So um, Jennifer, before I start to kind of muddle up <laughs> your team's whole vision, can you explain, um, you know, what your vision is that you started to give us little glimpses of in Podcast 80? Well, I can, I can honestly say that th- this is something that's been um, within my spirit for a real long time, uh, being the director for four years now. Um, but I feel like God is... Um, putting momentum behind it now. And um, I'm, I'm excited even in the unknown um, as we journey forward. Um, so we want to um, begin to initiate a program um, within our local uh, faith community first. And we hope that it branches out within our general community as well. And we have uh, called it Life Affirming Mentor and Advocate Program. And the reason for that is we see, uh, like in our education alone, our online platform we have, we see almost 700 um, teaching or, you know, uh, modules being sent every year. 
We have over 500 visits from clients within our, our doors every year. And the common um, factor, right, of all of that is they are really broken. And we are a organization that um, our service and our, our staff works on behalf of men and women and families from conception until around two years of age. And yes, we develop friendships with those clients and many of them come in even after they no longer need our resource. But there's, there's that lack, there's that lack that we see. Um, and so as a parachurch organization, meaning we as a faith-based nonprofit, we're here for the church. We're here to go with hands wide open to the members of every congregation and to bring our skill set and what we know to the body of Christ so that they, so now by doing that, we are um, multiplying advocacy in behalf of our work because in the long run, what our parents need, what the family unit needs is the church. They need uh, far more love and influence by God's people than what we as a staff can handle from, you know, from conception to two years of age. So ultimately the program we've designed is for us to come in in our specialties, train the body so that they can carry that beyond two years of age and actually ultimately be the people that bring them to us instead of we're out there advertising ourselves. We want the, the individuals within our community to be drawn to these mentor groups in every church body. Jennifer, can you help us out with, um, can you summarize what, um, when you say the word training, what are you training um, your uh, clients from the time that you're in their lives? And what kind of training um, are does your vision hope that the church provides or can you summarize what that training is? Yeah, to, to the best to the best of my ability. Um, you know, we we see a lot of a lot of brokenness, very variable uh, difference, right? And and so we try to also refer out um, to other organizations that maybe uh, you know because we see a lot of addiction. Um, within our within our family units, we see homelessness within our within our client base. Um, you know, abuse, and so we try to refer that out into our community. Um, but our education platform, which is Bright Course, it it has everything from you know fathering to mothering to life skills to budgeting to um, codependent behaviors. Um, understanding why you're an addict, understanding, you know, the deep roots of, of your soul issues. Um, it, I mean, there's just hundreds of classes. So uh, we're actually, because of that online platform, we're bringing in a lot of those issues, right? Mm -hmm. uh, even more so than just pregnancy and childbirth, mm -hmm. because that online platform has so much. Um, so we want to bring the training to the church on even how to be comfortable, how to have these hard conversations. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have uh, a lot of sexual risky behavior that is um, bringing a lot of consequences to 
our, to the family unit. And, and so we have to have those hard conversations. So we want to bring training in a, in a lot of different areas, even the normalization of grief. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have women and men that we see that have lost their children in miscarriage. They're grieving over the abortion. Uh, and, they, and some of them attend churches and they don't feel safe to, to admit that. Um, so we want to bring that kind of training so that they do feel comfortable okay, uh, so to find healing. So it's it's a it's a wide array of training and how to heal someone's brokenness. What's really interesting, uh, as I was listening, a part of the training is to help others uh, become more Christ-like or to disciple them. As I guess is the bottom line, and I wrote down healing from brokenness. And as I was thinking about the clients that you're referring to, Jennifer, their brokenness uh, can come in all sorts of forms and or levels. And the church isn't oftentimes good at dealing with various forms of sin. Uh, We have an acceptable level as a church of what sin is, for lack of better words, okay. But when you talk about sexual sin, when you talk about drugs and and other uh, types of activity of the clients that you deal with, you would think that the church would be able to deal with those things, but we're not always geared to deal with those. You know, it's one thing to be prideful, but it's another thing to have a drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And the church isn't always good at helping people with those things. So we kind of just push people over to the corner and hopefully there's a, a group that can deal with that. Uh, we've got a group at uh, church now, uh, FAN, Families Against uh, Narcotics. That would be a great group for someone who is has come to the New Life Pregnancy Center mm-hmm and has an addiction or family members who are dealing with loved ones who have an addiction. And so, you know, we as a church want to be able to provide those avenues, but we're not always good as a church in doing that. Yeah. I find it interesting. Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. Sorry. Oh, I just was going to do a quick piggyback on what pastor Paul said. And because that we're not, necessarily good at those things, I think that also makes those who are suffering from addictions, et cetera, uncomfortable to share those things within the church family and the church setting. And so, you know, it's kind of a a two-way street there where the church can be a lot better and there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, it's too bad that we don't have a more uh, open not just open conversations, but a more open environment in which those kind of conversations can be had. And that's why small groups are important because when you get into those small groups where when intimacy uh, or the feeling of safety is available, then you can share that with one or two other people. And, you know, Jesus talks about sharing our burdens and, And when we share those kind of heavy burdens, 
it really gives us an ability to experience more healing. What, you didn't reject me because I told you I have a, an addiction to alcohol or I have an addiction to whatever that might be, sugar. <laughs> so when we do that in the safety of two or three people, that allows for healing to begin. Okay. All right. That I think that gives us a much better understanding of um it's not you're not talking about the vision yet well it is the it's the talking about the vision of what we're trying to give more training on so mm -hmm. that that helps me understand it better so well you know and and again i think i've said that in a, a different podcast and and dana even was sharing it with you that um you know my my job and the things that that God has um, put my hand to, uh, you know, in visit visiting the incarcerated women in our community, and so my my life is the joy of it is I am aware of Christ in me is not repelled by that brokenness. It is it's the reason that we're alive as the church. It, it is to allow him to change us into his image so that we reflect him to the world that are, is still broken. And he's drawn. He is, uh, you know, I mean, when I think about my own testimony and, and the evening that he rescued me from me, um, he was drawn to, to my sin. It was why he came. And in that, he engaged my life for a newness. And so the beauty of a, of a broken life is they're the ones that Christ is calling home. Um, and, and so I, I am fortunate to have that be my career, I guess. Um, and that's what in love, I believe that new life wants to bring to the, to the church body, because think about, you know, Jesus always talked about the kingdom of heaven being multiplied and, and, it, you know, it says the kingdom of heaven is growing throughout the world as it was called to do and yeast spreads and light takes over. And, you know, and, and I'm really joyful, even in the uncertainty that the church in northern Michigan, especially in this area, is going to be doing what they were always called to do. And the work that we're doing at New Life is going to be multiplied in this area. And um, I'm ecstatic about that, you know, to see what God's going to do. Okay. Um, well, and let, let me even uh, uh, springboard off that, Jennifer. Uh, Jesus tells, uh, goes to a party uh, where there's a lot of sinners, and he, in the midst of that party, is telling stories. And one of the stories he tells is about a father with two sons, and the younger son decides, you know what, I'm out of here, give me my inheritance. I'm going to go and live life the way I think it should be. And one of the things we forget in regard to the people who are broken is that they didn't begin broken. Mm -hmm. uh, they began just like you and me in a small family. Maybe it was an intact family. Maybe that family was more broken or had more brokenness to it. But that person who uh, was born or was birthed, they were as close to God in that moment as any of us. 
And then life began to come at them in different ways and decisions are made uh, that are not always wise. Uh, it could be that they're a loner, whatever that means to you, uh, or that um, as they grew up, they got picked on and bullied, or maybe they were the bully, you know, who knows? But that wasn't God's original intent. And if we see people as God sees them, as uh, a child of his, then that helps us to move past the behavior that they are exhibiting. And hopefully through relationships and through the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives, uh, their ability to see who Jesus is and the love that God actually has for them, uh, healing can come. Uh, behaviors can change. Uh, addictions can be uh, healed. I think a part of our mindset has to, to look at people as Jesus saw them. Again, he went to a party that no Jew would have gone to, no righteous Jew would have gone to. And he mixed in with the people. And then he tells this story about how God longs for them to come back. It's that invitation to be in a relationship with me. My arms are open wide. Give him the ring and put a uh, rope around him. And let's kill the fattened calf and let's have a, a good party. And yet we see these people as, and when I say these people, uh, it could be those people who aren't in church. It could be those people who have uh, addictions or problems with areas of life. Uh, it could be anger. It could be, it could be so many other things. But when we look at these people, we need to look at them as we look at each other, a child of God, a prince or a princess of God, and that, that are very um, worth Jesus' Christ's death on the cross, just like I was. Okay. Yeah, thank you, Pastor Paul. Um, I think what we'll do next is um, Jennifer, I'm wondering if you can tell us, <laughs> going to make it tough, tell us in more detail, but not too much detail about how this program <laughs> will work. <laughs> um, and then I think we'll, we'll take the next podcast and, and talk about it, take that entire podcast to talk about in more detail about the program. So we better understand it. You know, we understand the vision, but now we, now we need to get into the guts of how it will work and um, wanted to get some feedback from uh, Jeremy about, you know, how churches are receiving this program and things of that nature. So can you, can you do that assignment? <laughs> well, knowing that we're going into another podcast for the detail will help right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Um, so there will be, uh, there will be a, two different trainings that are available, okay? The, the, the first one will be uh, for advocate, okay? That will be six hours, roughly, is what we're believing. Um, and, and we can go into further of that explanation. Mm -hmm. um, so that everybody who attends that first meeting, number one cry of my heart is for the members of every church body to become more aware of our work. And not only that, become a voice. 
be looking for that individual that will need our help and maybe volunteer on a more one-on-one -on -one basis um, as the congregation. So uh, that is the advocate part. Um, if people desire to become a part of a mentoring group that we will ultimately be able to move into our community as, like I said, we're, we're in the middle of all that or the beginning of the, the details. Mm -hmm. They will be a life-affirming mentor group or a LAMS group. Um, that will require an additional 18 hours of training because they really need to know the nitty-gritty of these hard topics and they also need to learn and be trained how to have those hard conversations, what to be ready for. Um, and so we want to come in and, and do that uh, for the church bodies. Okay. I think that's perfect because I think we need to hear it a couple of different times um, so we can wrap our heads around it. And I think it, it piggybacks really well off of the challenging conversation book that Jason Jimenez wrote and we've been talking about because that's one avenue of, of training. You can read a book and you know, you can get ideas on how, how to have these challenging conversations, but that doesn't work for everybody. I mean, some people can't read the book and say, yep, now I know how to do it. So I, I think the training you're going to talk about in more detail is going to give us different ways to learn and, and then have difficult conversations. We just want to welcome everyone to listen to our next podcast. We're coming to you from the First United Methodist Church. Uh, we're located at 215 South Center Street in Gaylord, Michigan. We have a <laughs> traditional service at 9 a.m. and a contemporary at 1045 a.m. And we'd love to have you join us in person. Um, but if you can't come in person, you can join us on Facebook or YouTube. Um, and we just uh, welcome you uh, to do that. If you have any questions, please call our office at 989-732-5380, or you can Google us uh, Google Gaylord First United Methodist Church and visit our website. So thank you everyone. And we'll be back in a week. Have a great day. <laughs>